Sports Podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. It's not just any Friday. It's Flavoring Friday, presented by our friends, OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. OG's is not your average cannabis-infused gummy. They absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to flavor, and the effects of their gummies are a total slam dunk, too. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OG's Naturals and the Big OG's, and find out where you can purchase I hope you all had a wonderful week so far. Hey to everyone in the chat, Elizabeth, Charles, Andrew. So good to see you all. We have a great show planned for you today. Um, Luckily for all of you, I didn't retire this past week, despite everyone else and their mom retiring, (laughs) especially if you are a head coach in the football world. Um, We lost some big names this week. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, they're gone. They said, bye. Pete Carroll was like, bye. I'm old. I want (laughs) to sit on my couch and watch football instead of be on the sidelines, which I can't blame them. Like, Saban's 72. That's pretty old to be coaching. I I don't know. I mean, like, not too old to be the president of the United States of America, but, like, (laughs) too old to be coaching. So happy for them into retirement. Um, I won't be retiring, unfortunately. I still am probably, like, uh. 40 years away from being able to retire at the rate this economy is going. So uh, you're stuck with me for a really long time. Um, Damon, I also uh, heard you won't be retiring anytime soon either. Not a chance. Not a chance. I'll be doing this the rest of my life. Yeah, literally between the economy and our social security. (laughs) This is not the podcast for that. What am I talking about? But uh, On today's TPSP, we go through the American uh, economic faults. (laughs) The crisis of the American economy and how we're never going to be able to afford a house or retire, honestly, at this um hope you all are so excited for that version just kidding we're not going to talk about that uh crazy that we are living in a world though where bill belichick and saban and p carroll are not coaching kind of crazy um i think they've been coaching longer than i've been alive so it's gonna be weird watching football next season and not seeing any of those familiar faces on the sidelines but regardless uh we are no longer talking about the head coaches of the various football programs we have lots to talk about with the phoenix suns because my god almighty did they finally win a basketball game <laughs> last night um before we get into that though i want to thank everybody who listened to my podcast last week and decided that austin reeves being in the top 10 of the all-star voting instead of Devin Booker was absolutely not acceptable because it's not. And they got on their phones and they voted for Devin Booker because update Devin Booker is in the top 10 of NBA all-star voting. Now, finally, he should have been in the first go around, but at least he's there now. And Austin Reeves is out of the top 10 as he should also be because (laughs) he should never have been there in the first place. So Thank you to all of you for listening and actually voting for Devin Booker because he definitely deserves to be there over Austin Reeves. And we all got a pretty good look at why that is last night because we can all put a pause on the bomb shelter construction, everybody. If you know, you know, the doomsday prepping, we can kind of put on hold. You don't have to go out and find non-perishable grains at your local grocery store. The batteries for the flashlights can be held off for a little bit longer. Everyone take a deep breath, pause the bomb shelter construction, because last night 
Phoenix Suns came out and they punched the Lakers in the mouth, which I know I can already hear people saying, when the Lakers, they have a bunch of injuries. And meh, 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 meh. I don't care. I do not care. I needed to see what the Suns did last night. They executed the big three played together really well. There were some bench players that stepped up. We're going to break it all down, but I'm just so glad that we can pause the bomb shelter construction for at least a little bit longer. <laughs> and we can talk about positive things when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. Charles in the comments asking, what am I supposed to do with all these non-perishable grains now, Mac? Honestly, like make a bread. Um, I don't know. <laughs> feed, make some food and uh, feed your friends. We'll figure out what to do with the non-perishable grains. I promise promise um the best there were so many good things about the game last night um a couple of them being petty which is obviously i'm the petty princess so you know we have to talk about this um but i just want to say i love beating the lakers there's nothing that brings my heart joy like watching an la team lose and i felt so much joy last night and i know a couple other people felt joy especially uh, the one and only Mr. <laughs> Nurkic, because he tweeted out after the game, almost immediately, he like got into the locker room, got on his phone, and was like, <laughs> he sent send on this tweet. Uh, it's a gif of Charles Barkley laughing. And as we all know, this is a subtle shade to the Lakers because Charles Barkley is a Laker hater, um, at least in name. Uh, he likes to make fun of the Lakers on his broadcast. And I can't blame him. I also feel that same affinity towards making fun of the Los Angeles Lakers. So Charles Barkley and I are like one in the same. Um, <laughs> and I love anything that is ever petty. So Yusuf Nurkic was uh, the petty prince last night. He gets my petty prince crown. But let's take a look at the game by the numbers because God, they're glorious. Um, the Suns are doing everything right. They outshot the Lakers. They had less turnovers. Like it was just such a good game to watch. The Suns shot uh, 36% from the field, 49% from three. Um, it just, it was so well executed. I just could not stop watching this game, especially considering that they came off of two really bad losses in a row. The Clippers one was tough to swallow obviously with this game being on national television and against their rivals the lakers i think the suns really wanted to come out tonight and um, prove that they're not this flailing about team that we've all kind of been scared that they have shown that they've been for this season i mean everything was there the effort the execution the focus the energy was high right off the bat devin booker came out and punched the lakers in the mouth um <laughs> In the first quarter, especially, uh, D-Book put up 17 of his 31 total points in the first quarter alone. I mean, the, it just it was magical to watch. Um, Damon, you can come back. Um, it was really cool to see. The, the the Suns led the Lakers by as much as 17 points at one point, and the Lakers, they just looked lifeless and tragic. It was just not the Lakers' night. And like I said, I already know people have been saying, well, the injuries, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I do not care. We needed the Suns to have a game like last night where they were clicking. It looked like they were just... It, they were executing what we were hoping that they would be, ex be able to execute, especially as a big three early on in the season. Obviously, we all know between the injuries with the Suns and everything else that has gone down the season, it's taken them a little bit to get all three on together on the floor at the same time. Um, but they were all on the floor last night and they all looked really, really good together. And you saw how the Suns were able to adjust 
um, offensively based off of what the Lakers were doing defensively. If they had, you know, two people guarding Booker, Beal and KD were able to get out there, spread the floor, make shots. It was really awesome to watch how all three of them were able to kind of work together so efficiently. We've seen them together not as much as we'd like to, but there hasn't been that efficiency and like that ease that you kind of saw last night. Like you could see some struggling, um, some miscommunications happening with the three of them out there. And that really wasn't the case last night. Um, so it was awesome. Um, the fourth quarter, it got a little, a little shaky. Uh, the Lakers went on a 10 and a run for a little bit there. I was a little worried. I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> here comes the classic fourth quarter implosion by the Phoenix suns. However, they held it together. They did not implode tragically. Uh, Beal knocked down his seventh uh, and eighth three-pointers of the evening, which was great, all in the fourth quarter, kind of to uh, give the Suns that spark that they needed to finish out the game strong. Kevin Durant, again, had a great game. 18 points, five rebounds, four assists, four steals, um, a block, and no turnovers, which is, oh my God, so important for the Suns because they've struggled with turnovers. And uh, all of that on 7 for 12 shooting. But besides all of that, we have to talk about Bradley Beal because last night was Bradley Beal's game. He absolutely went off. You can check out his stats. He shot 37 total points, six rebounds, eight for 10 for three. I mean, he was taking so many good shots. He had so many good looks. The ball was just like Beal's to command last night. It was so great to watch. Um, He went off in the third quarter, especially. He had 20 points in the third quarter alone. Um, It was his second probably outstanding outing that we've seen from Bradley Beal this week, which is awesome because I think that's obviously an indicator that um, he's kind of getting back to his vintage Bradley Beal form. And he really did show why he should be considered one of the best two guards in the league last night. I think it was awesome to see my jaw was on the floor the whole time. I was able to finally like watching the Suns game last night, just like (gasps) take a collective, like deep breath and like relax, which I don't think I've relaxed watching a Suns game all season. Like I've been white knuckling my armchair, like holding on for dear life, like especially in the fourth quarter. So it was nice to be able to like relax and watch a Suns game last night, take a deep breath, watch the big three work together. It was awesome. They flowed better like Jan Paul Edward De Dio said in the comments. Yeah, they definitely, definitely flowed better. And um Ted Offensive kind of reading my mind saying Beal's multiple in and out dribble on Reeves was crazy. It was crazy to watch. That is absolutely for sure. Again, putting Austin Reeves to shame as he should be because there's no way in any any situation, any world, any alternate universe that (laughs) Austin Reeves should be considered an all-star. Sorry, Um, not sorry. And my favorite thing about all of this was again something that has to be petty because of course i'm the petty princess and um friend of the program lol not really the one and only infamous nick wright Uh, i even hate having to say his name or give him airtime but we're going to because he said something previously this year he's a lebron fan and a chiefs fan is it just like he's the the anti-christ anti-michaela He's like the Antichrist. Being a LeBron fan and a Chiefs fan are the two worst fucking things you could be on this planet. Yeah. 
Like you could have not picked two worse things. Uh, if you throw in being a Dodgers fan in there, then like that's like the trifecta of terrible. Um, so I'm pretty sure Nick Wright is like the anti Michaela. So we obviously hate him. Um, but Bradley Beal did something that he did all of us a favor, basically. And he made Nick Wright eat his words and put his foot in his mouth, as he so often does. And uh, this is what I'm talking about. Here's Nick Wright earlier this year. I actually got word we cannot play this video. So you might have to just explain it. Okay, well, way to ruin the buildup. You could have said that like way earlier. <laughs> I texted you. You just didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. Anyways, earlier this year, Nick Wright was on his show, which I still don't understand how he has. And he was talking about how if you're going to have two big two players between the Suns and the Lakers, so the Lakers have Katie and, or sorry, the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then the Suns have, um, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And if you're looking for a third, he would rather have, he said this non-ironically, he said he would rather have Austin Reeves than Bradley Beal. Um, uh, I don't even know how to defend that. Like even through some of Bradley Beal's low points in his career, I would so much rather have Bradley Beal over Austin Reeves any day of the week like if bradley beal was playing with one leg i would rather have bradley beal than austin reeves like what an absolute moron um sorry not sorry nick wright i just i can't believe that he is a, a serious <laughs> sports talk host in the industry did he, did he by any chance say it was like entirely to do with durability that would be the only thing that would make sense to me no because like on the court you can't make that argument. But no, like, it was literally wanna... just the, ba the third person to compliment the big two on your roster. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's insane. That's absolute insanity to me. If you want to see the video, we actually did make a funny uh, TikTok out of it that you can see on our social channels uh, on Twitter at PHNX Suns or on Instagram. Um, it's worth watching, I promise, because Nick Wright spectacularly puts his foot in his mouth, um, which he often does. So I don't really know if it's that much of a surprise. But... Regardless, it was great to see Bradley Beal shut up all the doubters last night. He really did contribute in a huge, impactful way, which is, you know, kind of what you wanted to see all along because there's been all of these, well, the Suns don't have a true point guard and how are Devin Booker and Bradley Beal going to work together as the guards on the team and blah, 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 blah. So it was great to see how, like, the idea of what was happening in the heads of, like, the Suns front office, like, came to fruition like in real time, like on the court last night. And uh, KD also talked about it after the game. And this is what he had to say about that game. Well, yeah, Austin dancing. Yeah, Austin laying back a little bit off balance. And, you know, that's always exciting. Um, you know, is Brad one of the best players in the world. So, you know, to get an opportunity to see it from that close up and see a guy work <laughs> every day and see who he truly is as a player and then you come out there and get moments like that it's always fun you know i mean i enjoy seeing my teammates cook like that and um we don't need more of that from because they nice to bench they nice to crowd even if we're on the road you've seen people excited about that move so it's only going that's only good for us when he's aggressive like that yeah straight from katie's mouth beal is such a good player one of the best in the world um so i mean he said it for me he said everything you need to say about Bradley Beal's performance last night and uh yeah him playing against uh Austin Reeves and how he basically made him look like a fool on the court was great as well 
Obviously, we here in Phoenix noticed the game last night and how it kind of looked like things were getting on track, but we're not the only ones because Rachel Nichols, a uh, badass woman in the field, also tweeted something last night that I wanted to bring up. She said, quote, obvious in the Suns locker room that this group is starting to gel off the court. Lots of talk about how selfless the stars have been. Devin Booker says Katie came to him before the game and said, don't worry about getting me involved. I'll get myself involved. End quote. I just absolutely like this. I can't even begin to tell you how much relief this provides me that because I mean, we were in crisis. I mean, at least I was, I was in crisis panic mode before last night's game. Like there were rumors that Katie wanted out that Katie wanted to get traded, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, there was a, a grumblings about how unhappy everybody was in the locker room. There hadn't been a game yet where we really, truly, at least I really, truly felt like, okay, this is going to work. Like this is the vision that we all had and this is how it's going to like come to fruition. So I have been panicking for the last three months about this Suns team. And last night was the perfect, like I said, deep breath opportunity for me to take and sit back and say, okay, I think this has a chance to work. Other people are starting to notice it. Um, I mean, it's obvious. You can't watch the Suns team or follow anything about the Suns team and not you know, notice at least a little bit of difference between where we started and where we are now. So you absolutely love to see it. And... We also finally got a little bit of not closure, I want to say, but Katie finally spoke on some of the craziness that has surrounded this team and his um, misgrumblings, I guess you want to say. And this is what Katie had to say um, about the trade rumors surrounding him and the Phoenix Suns. Katie graphic any day now quote graphic <laughs> quote we're teaching back here um katie said quote i don't want to get traded you think i'm supposed to be happy after we lose a game this was obviously after the uh the frustrating loss against the clippers i may be frustrated at the moment at the bad play or a tough stretch but nah i enjoy the grind end quote from the words from the lips of the man himself uh kevin durant putting all of that to rest saying i don't want to get traded thank you kevin durant for just coming out and being so direct about it because if i had to suffer through weeks of speculation of if kevin durant is gonna pack up and leave i would probably cry um so it's great that we don't have to worry about that at least he said it whether or not he means it obviously none of us know because we're not best friends with katie as much as i would love that um but at least he kind of put those rumors to rest for now. We don't have to worry about him jumping ship. And one thing that the Suns podcast talked about this week that was really great, and you guys should go check out if you haven't heard it yet, is um, you know the the negative the negativity surrounding Kevin Durant and his reputation around the league of being like a jump man, a journeyman. It really is disappointing because it overshadows Katie, the basketball player, the talent that he is, the leader that he is, the kind of guy that he is in the locker room. And like that negative narrative is kind of in a way like not really earned. Um, Gerald put it really eloquently better than I probably could. But I mean, I don't blame Katie for wanting to jump off the Brooklyn. That's shrinking ship. Like I also, if I was in that situation, would want to jump off that obviously burning going down titanic ship <laughs> um you know the warriors obviously he was ring chasing can you lame the guy like i would want to win a championship too joining the roster that he joined with the golden state warriors that was a pretty clear path to a championship for katie but 
I definitely agree with Gerald. Like, I think it's sad that, you know, Katie being a competitor and wanting to put himself in the best situation to win has kind of taken over the narrative of like who he is as a person, as a leader and as a really, really talented basketball player. And so, you know, when cracks start to form immediately, everybody goes "Oh, Katie's gone. Katie wants to leave. Katie's out of here. But Katie said himself, like, I'm committed to the grinds. Like, of course, I'm going to get frustrated about losing because I'm a competitor. Duh. Like what competitor in your life do you know that doesn't get upset about losing? They're not competitors that's the case like so you know I think it's it's sad that anytime you know things start to go a little wrong everyone automatically jumps on the oh Katie's gone train and you know I think there are reasons to why Katie has made the decisions he's made for the teams that he has joined and I think if you really dissect it and look at it they're all fair and reasonable reasons that like if you were in that same position could you not say that you would make the same decisions so Katie wants to be a son. That's all I needed to hear. And uh, he also went on uh, Instagram last night because the Princess of the Valley was in attendance at the Suns game. Emma Stone was courtside. She obviously is a Phoenician. And uh, <laughs> Katie took a screenshot of her wearing a Phoenix Suns hat, put it on his Instagram story and captioned it, Walking Legend. This is obviously fresh off a Golden Globes win for Emma Stone for Best Actress in a Comedy. So shout out to the Princess of the Valley. Um, whenever the whenever Emma Stone's in attendance at a game, I think the Suns just like do so well. So um, Emma Stone, I know you are very busy acting and you are an award winning actress, but I'm going to need you to cancel your plans <laughs> for the rest of the basketball season. I'm going to need you to come to every Phoenix Suns game human possible. OK, thank you very much. It is in service for our Phoenix Suns and uh, your contributions will be greatly appreciated. <laughs> um, it'll be cool to see, though, how the Suns can build off this momentum. Hopefully. It is just, you know, win after win after win for this team, not literally, but wins in terms of progression in the right direction. Um, I think, you know, we've seen enough to kind of not have to worry about scrambling to find a true point guard during the trade deadline. Um, I think now the Suns can maybe focus on something a little bit different because I trust, you know, between Booker and Beal, them to be able to hold down the guards so we'll see what happens as the season goes on but I'm really looking forward to the Suns being able to build off of this momentum and if you want to watch the Suns in action you absolutely should because we are so lucky to have a team with the talent that we have here in the Valley and you can get your tickets to a Suns game to watch this action in person on the Game Time app Game Time is the best ticketing app in the country for a reason. And our Game Time game of the week is the Kings at the Suns next week. It is the 16th of January. You can get tickets for as low as $15. $15. Are you freaking kidding me? That is a great game to go watch. We will be there as in PHNX because that is one of our takeover games of the season. If you got your tickets, congrats. We're going to have a great time. The takeover is officially sold out, which is awesome. So thank you to everyone who will be coming to that game. We are going to have a great time. But if you happen to not get your tickets and you still need them, head on over to game time to pick up tickets for as low as $15 to the Kings versus the Suns next week. They have great deals all the time at the game time app they've got anything you need a ticket to they've got it on game time concerts sporting events parking passes you name it game time's got it for the lowest prices out there i seriously guys like i go to so many events all the time like every week i'm at a concert or a sporting event i always get my tickets off game time because nobody can beat their prices 
And we are hooking you up right now. If you download the Game Time app, you create an account and you use promo code PHNX, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Michaela Perkins, uh, this is Damon Dog from PHNX Sports. Uh, what do you have to say about the rumors swirling that you're going to be the face of Game Time? <laughs> um... Can neither confirm nor deny, but uh, there might be some cool things happening in the future with myself and Game Time. They are a huge supporter of us at PHNX and at All City, so I really can't recommend them enough. If you need to get some tickets, go to Game Time and uh, keep your eyes out on social because there might be some cool things happening in the near future with Michaela Perkins and Game Time. Ooh, I've never referred to myself in the third person. The face before. of Game Time. I'm not the face of game time. Everyone's going to start tweeting them like, oh, Michaela's the face. No, don't the do that. The official, unofficial <laughs> no. face of game time. Yeah, there you go. The official, unofficial face of game time. Um, we got a super sticker from Andrew. Thank you so much, Andrew. That is absolutely awesome. Um, I am not going to read you what the super sticker is and pull a Mike Luke, but I'm just going to. That's the best part. <laughs> okay, fine. The super sticko sticker is a hippo character with stars growing in his eyes, pumping his arms in the air with the words hype pulsating above him. All I can imagine is like SpongeBob when he does the, um, the rainbow and like, what yeah. is the word that like the, uh. What is it? There's some memes that say different words. Right, but yeah. What does it say? It like, a, like imagination or imagination. something? Imagination, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining, but a hippo instead. Um, thank you very much, Andrew. That is awesome. I appreciate that very much. Um, all right. From the Phoenix Suns to the Arizona Diamondbacks, we have to talk about the D-backs for a little bit because this week they did what we were all hoping that they would do, and they avoided arbitration with all six of their arbitration-eligible players. But most notably, they did agree to terms with Zach Gallen, um, who was arbitration-eligible. They came to a $10 million deal for the 2024 season. Um this is obviously a one-year contract. They also, just in case you were wondering who the other players were, uh, came to agreements with Christian Walker, Paul Seawald, Kevin Ginkle, Ryan Thompson, and Joe Mantiply. So all six arbitration-eligible players done, dealt with, put away, which is absolutely great for the Diamondbacks to get that out of the way and to avoid the absolute headache that is arbitration. But I do want to focus on Zach Allen because obviously Zach Allen is a cornerstone of this Arizona Diamondbacks team and a lot of the hopes for the future and the playoffs rest on Zach Allen's shoulders. He is um, 28 years old. He will be go turning 29 in this upcoming season. He will be a free agent after 2025. So he has one more year of arbitration eligibility um, left, and then he will be a free agent after 2025. He made $5.6 million last year and, um, they obviously added to that this year, and he signed for that $10 million uh, one-year deal. He's going to be 30 by the time he reaches free agency, um, but my hope, and I think everybody else's hope here in Arizona, is that they will agree to um, an extension and give him the payday that I think he has earned, especially if we take a look at his stats from last season. Um, he finished third in the NL Cy Young race and became the first Diamondbacks pitcher with 210 innings and a sub 3.5 ERA since 
2011, uh, Daniel Hudson and Ian Kennedy were the last Diamondbacks pitchers to record such a stat. He uh, finished with a 3.47 ERA, a 1.12 whip, a 26% strikeout rate, and a 5.6% walk which is crazy. His FWAR was 5.2. Just absolute bonkers stats for a starting pitcher wearing a Diamondbacks uniform. And like I mentioned, he did finish third in the National Cy Young race this past year. You know what's crazy about that? Hmm. Is that those stats are so good. And watching him throughout last season, there there were times where it felt like there was a different level that he could get to. Yeah, totally. I, like, I don't think we've seen the best out of him yet. No, like if there's a level that feels like Zach Gallen could be by far the best pitcher in the National League, he just needs to be more consistent game in and game out. Yeah, totally. If we can avoid the slump that we saw him kind of experience through the middle of the season this year and see him kick it into like one more gear, which I think he is capable of doing. Like he will be a Cy Young pitcher, no doubt about it. I think we have yet to see the best out of him, which is super exciting. Um, especially because, you know, if you take a look and we have it, the the comparison between his 2022 and his 2023 season, um, obviously he had a little bit of a slump there in the beginning or in the middle of this past season, which kind of affected his ERA. Um, but he also pitched more innings in 2023 than he did in 2022. His stats are pretty, like pretty consistent. There isn't anything in here that makes me think, oh my gosh, this isn't going to be one of the greatest pitchers to ever wear a Diamondbacks uniform because Overall, his stats remained close to consistent between the two seasons. Um, he obviously went up in ERA um, and in WHIP. Um, his strikeout percentage stayed pretty pretty similar. It actually went down in 2023. Um, his batting uh, average against went up from 0.185 to 0.237. I mean, all um, of those moved in a negative way, and yet he was still top three. For Cy yeah. Young, that's how good Zach Gallen is. That's how is. good he is, yeah. He has a lot of wiggle room <laughs> um, compared to some of the other pitchers in the National League. So he has dis- demonstrated that he isn't just like a bright star that is going to flame out after a season. Like he can pitch for you and pitch really, 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 really well. And he's demonstrated that for the past two seasons, which, I mean, obviously you want to see. He's also... <laughs> knock on wood, avoided some um, injury proneness questions that people... Which is huge, which modern, is huge. modern day pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the amount of miles that you put on a pitcher's arm in modern day baseball, being able to not be so injury prone is huge. Nobody come for me, I swear to God. Nobody clip this and then all of a sudden I'm Zach gonna, gets I'm going to write down this episode just so I have it. <laughs> it's going to be fine. I'm not cursing anybody. Um so, yeah, I mean, Zach Allen is obviously one of the best pitchers in the National League, and he does wear a Diamondbacks uniform, which is awesome to see. Um, the best thing about this, though, is um, we had a 2024 stat projection from a uh, from Zips, and it's crazy to look at for 2024. They have, and these are obviously projections, duh. Um, they have Zach Allen winning 13 and losing 9. His innings pitched will be at 186, so obviously a little less than last year. So I'm assuming that means that they don't have him making it uh, to the postseason or far into the postseason. With a 3.57 ERA, a 1.18 whip with 55 walks and 175 numbers strikeouts. 
those are also really great numbers. Um, I think that they're being a little generous in some areas and a little stingy in others. I feel like we can probably bank on seeing a lower ERA for Zach Gallen. Yeah, I think these projections are generally pretty conservative. Yeah. Jesse was saying this on the show when we talked about it. Like they're they're never gonna say this guy's gonna have a two three right. ERA, yeah, because they don't project they don't project that. So it's always gonna be on the low end. Yeah, there's a good chance Zach Allen has a better season than this because I could be wrong, but I think this would probably be the worst season of his career. Yeah, if this is what statistically, yeah, he put up. Um, and I know that he's getting a little bit older, and there might be some questions about his age, which are valid. But I genuinely don't think that we can expect anything less than another Cy Young caliber season from Zach Allen this year, which is crazy to think about when you think about what he just accomplished last season, but. He's going to be owed a pretty, pretty big payday. I'm I'm, I'm going to let you all know right now. He's going to be making some bank um, at some point. And although I love that we avoided arbitration and we kind of got that out of the way, I am excited to see what he's going to cook up this season. And if it is along the lines of what we're all imagining it to be, he is going to be owed a pretty penny. And um Daddy Ken Kendrick, I'm going to need you to open up that money bank, baby, and write him a check because it is once in a blue moon that pitchers like Zach Allen come along um, and have all of the intangibles that you want in a pitcher, all of the tangibles that you want in a pitcher. And if he wears anything other than a Diamondbacks uniform for like the next five to six years, I'm going to be pissed. So <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah, it's going to be disgusting. So I think that he wants to stay i think so too i think he loves it here i mean everything he's ever said um he's super positive about arizona they spring train here so he lives here full-time which is great if you know he spends some time with his family yeah i mean there's there's no reason for him to want to leave like he loves the guys in the locker room he's a leader in the locker room um you know that article after the postseason and i think that was i think the moment where i was like yeah he wants to stay no matter what because he was like we will be back like all this kind of stuff yeah the article he wrote in the players tribune i was like all right (laughs) he's bought in he's locked in zach gallon is here to stay so when time comes daddy kenny i'm gonna need you to hand that money over because we are not losing zach gallon i swear to god i will march my butt over to chase field and knock on doors and deliver some strongly worded letters if things don't go that way um it's crazy to think about, though, because with Zach Allen making that money, there are now six active Diamondbacks that will make north of $10 million in 2024. Because um, if you take in Christian Walker, Zach Allen, and then you include Cattell Marte, um, Eduardo Rodriguez, um, Suarez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., um, those are all players that are going to be making north of $10 million, which has not happened in Diamondbacks history um, as of late, because as we all know, the Diamondbacks are a low spending team. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? They're still going to be like 20th in payroll. There were only uh, two players last year that were making north of $10 million. And that was Cattell Marte and And Madison Madison Bumgarner. And uh, Madison Bumgarner, in case you're wondering, will still be making north of 10 million. Yeah, you will. Because the Diamondbacks are still on the hook for that, uh, unfortunately, which is really not great. Um, and then I also, I don't think it's north of $10 million, but they do owe Mark Melanson some money still because they DFA'd him a little early. So, crazy to think about, but the Diamondbacks are spending money, and there are still some pieces left for them to acquire. 
I don't necessarily think that there is going to be any more focus on adding to the bullpen. They don't need a closer. They don't really need to build out the back end of the bullpen. If anything, there's always like some work around the edges that they could possibly do to bolster it, which I think they kind of did. Um, Mike Hazen signed a um, bullpen pitcher who's a 28 year old righty with a 62 years, 62, <laughs> 62 years, lol, 62 games of MLB experience under his belt. Um, his name is. Snyder. Why can't I find his first name? Um, but they added him. If he makes the major league roster, we don't really know. Um, but they did add something to the bullpen. Um, I think they're obviously going to want to spend the majority of their money that they have left on a designated hitter. Are we concerned at all that they haven't done that yet, Damon? A little bit, but I think that there's a you know 99% chance that they are going to sign a yes, DH. So I'm not definitely. panic button's not on the table yet. It'll panic come out on the table not. in February. Okay, in February, if we haven't signed a DH, you will find Damon panicking. Um, I kind of agree. I obviously would have loved for them to have a DH inked already, especially because there's a pretty deep DH market out there. Um, obviously, J.D. Martinez and Justin Turner are both still on the table, which are kind of the two people that I have at the top of my DH wish list. Um, so I guess that makes me feel a little bit better that they're still out there. And I know that filling that DH spot isn't necessarily the most pressing issue that most teams face, like finding a starting pitcher or whatever else is normally at the top of the list. But we are getting closer to the start of spring training, which is also crazy to think about. Um, and yeah, like Jan Paul said, we need more offense. And obviously they did uh, agree to terms with Lourdes Gurriel Jr., which I was kind of not expecting. I thought Lourdes' time here in... Arizona had come to an end, but they did re-sign him, which is great because that also took care of their need for a right-handed bat in the lineup. Um, but they still definitely need some more power in their lineup, and that will only come through the form of a DH. So it'll be interesting to see who they pick up. Connor saying he wants Soler already. That's another great option. He is a huge, huge bat in the lineup. Um, I still prefer J.D. Martinez just because... Uh, One of those two. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a JD girl. Obviously, he's <laughs> he's been here before, so uh, I think that there's a little bit of a fondness to seeing JD back in a Diamondbacks uniform, especially because when he came here the first time, it was like insane. Like we like I never thought that the Diamondbacks would acquire someone of like JD's caliber. The thing is, is he wasn't really that considered that crazy of a caliber player before the D-backs I mean, got he him. was good though he was he really was good great. he was great for the tigers but when the yeah. D-backs got him he yeah. was kind of an unheralded name yeah for and sure. then he obviously hit those 20 plus home runs in the back half of the season and then everybody was like this guy's the best hitter in baseball yeah went to the red sox went to the dodgers was considered you know one of the best power hitters in the game and yeah. then now we have a chance to get him again yeah, which is crazy it. to think about. So I would absolutely love to see JD back in a Diamondbacks uniform. For me, I don't know. It just brings some like a full circle moment. And who doesn't love a good full circle moment? So we'll see what they do at DH. But I hope they do something sooner rather than later because I'm worried that they're going to get all snatched up before the Diamondbacks can decide on which one that they want to go after. Um, Connor saying either one will do. LOL. Charles saying he would prefer Solaire, but would happily take JD back. I feel like that's a little bit of a hot take. Uh, <laughs> I'll take either one. The, I, if, as long as it's one of those two, I'm going to be happy. Reese Hoskins, maybe like more of a distant third. I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that, but it's got to be it's got to be a big name bat like that. Yeah. Where if I why can't I remember? So uh, Solaire is a right fielder, and then JD defensively um, 
is in the outfield too, right? Technically, they're both, if they had to play a position, I'd say they both play right field, yeah. but they're both not very good at defense at all. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. JD's atrocious at defense. Yeah, yeah, it's not pretty out there. Um, so I guess it doesn't really, like, it, if you're looking for a DH, like, you're not really factoring into account their uh, defensive abilities unless, like, you're in a pinch and you really need to throw one of them out there. So, between Solaire and JD, obviously Solaire probably has the edge defensively. Um, so if that matters to you, then I guess you could take that into account. Whether you choose to do that or not is your your decision. Um, Colin Snyder, by the way, is the pitcher I could not think of. Oh my god, I had the biggest brain fart ever. Uh, they picked him up from the Kansas City Royals. Um, but like I said, I, who knows if he even makes the major league roster? But they did do something to shore up the bullpen. Um, so. I'm excited for baseball season. It is right around the corner, which is crazy to think about. Like, I guess with the Diamondbacks season ending so late, baseball starting so soon is just like a wild concept. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's so foreign to me that baseball is almost here, but baseball also just left in the Valley. So I'm excited for baseball season. It's my absolute favorite season. Spring training is goaded in Arizona. And if you are living in the Valley, you know why. So super excited for that. I'm just excited to watch the Diamondbacks play baseball again. I feel like this season has so many exciting things to look forward to. And I'm glad that they were able to shore up some of those contracts and get all of those arbitration eligible players under lock and hopefully we'll see some bigger contracts in the future for zach gallon thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the phoenix sports podcast you were all the absolute best jam paul connor charles daniel andrew especially andrew because of the sticker charles i love you guys so much thank you all for tuning in you are the absolute best don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcast i hope you guys all have a wonderful and safe weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.